All right, everyone, welcome to the Toasty Kettle Podcast, where we help you connect with the past through food. My name is James, I'm your host, and today is episode 47. And before I dive into today's show, I want to thank you all for joining me here today. You know, new listeners are continually finding the show, and this is so exciting. And I'm always looking for ways to grow my audience. And the absolute best and most reliable way to do that is for each of you to leave a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to help grow the show and also make it easier to find. I love reading the reviews and I love getting feedback. So super big thanks for all of you that have already done that. And if you haven't, I would super appreciate it if you could head over wherever you get your podcasts and leave a five-star review. Now, the past few weeks I've been talking about food memories and asking for people who want to come on the show and share a food memory. So I'm always looking for people that want to do that, and we all have food memories that impact us in some way or another. I'm going to do a whole episode on this in the near future where I'll share some of my food memories and also the science behind why food leaves such an impactful imprint on our minds. Today, I'm going to share just one brief memory before I dive into the rest of the show. Now, my grandma is from Kentucky and is also an amazing cook. I've never had a bad meal at her place. When I was in middle school, she lived close enough for me to walk over once school was done for the day. Now, there were a few evenings where my mom was later than usual in picking me up, and I loved those evenings. That meant that I was going to get dinner with grandma and grandpa. I remember vividly one evening, I stayed after school late for a choir group I was involved with, and it was cold, it was snowy. I stepped out the doors, out of the doors, and a brisk wind blew snow right into my face. It seemed like I was going to have to trek up Mount Everest just to get to Grandma's. I zipped up my coat, I made sure my hood was in place, and I took off. The wind seemed to cut straight through my coat. In a matter of minutes, I was thoroughly chilled. I almost gave up a few times. My motivation was waning. I'd never make it. The storm was raging. My stomach began to growl. I knew the time of day, and I felt my odds were decent that Grandma would have a hot meal ready when I arrived. So I picked up my courage along with my pace and finally made it to Grandma's. Now, I stomped off my shoes and shook off the snow from my coat before I opened the door. And as soon as that door opened, a blast of hot air escaped the house, seemingly sucked up in the fury of the storm. I quickly entered and pushed the door closed. My glasses immediately steamed up like I just set foot in a sauna. It was suddenly uncomfortably warm. I could hear the news in the other room. It looks like Grandpa was home. From the kitchen, I could hear my grandma moving pots and pans around and a slight sizzle coming from the stove. A heavenly aroma of fried chicken greeted me 
escaping, finding its way out of the kitchen. And the thoughts of cold and snow were instantly pushed out of my mind, making room for the feast ahead. In no time, Grandma had us around the table with mashed potatoes, veggies, and pan-fried chicken. It was a simple meal, but it was delicious. The chicken was moist and flavorful, the potatoes were on point, and the veggies were buttery and amazing. I will always remember that moment. Now, sure, I dramatized a little bit there with the storm, but there's something really nice about a hot meal when it's snowing outside. And to this day, whenever it snows and I'm out in the evening, I think of this moment. I'm, it's instantly triggered. I'm carried away to my grandma's table and, and enjoying this meal with my grandma and grandpa and just reliving that moment. We all have food memories. And I would love to hear yours. So if you have something along those lines, <laughs> email me at toastykettle at gmail.com. And I, again, have added that email into the description. So if you are interested, just shoot me an email. I'd love to hear from you. Now for today's show, all about who invented Kool-Aid. In 1889, Edwin Elijah Perkins was born in Lewis, Iowa. In 1893, the Perkins family picked up and moved to Furnace County, Nebraska. Edwin's father purchased a general store in Hendley, Nebraska, and the family moved there to join him. In 1918... Edwin married his longtime sweetheart, Kitty Shoemaker, and they started their life together. Now, Edwin loved to develop products. He was actually uh, starting a quite popular business. Uh, He built the Perkins Products Company around a line of patent medicines he developed called Honor Made. And I'm going to do a whole episode at some point in the future on patent medicines. Essentially, they are medicines and elixirs that were developed and patented with no proof that they would actually do what the producer said they do. So think uh, snake oil salesmen, um, hair tonics, things like that. (laughs) Um, The most popular of the products that he invented was Fruit Smack. And this was a liquid drink concentrate that he sold door-to-door and through the mail. In 1927, Edwin began working on a replacement for Fruit Smack. He had a major problem on his hands. He had to ship the liquid concentrate in heavy glass bottles. It was expensive and cumbersome. Eventually, Edwin was inspired by Jell-O and thought a drink powder would solve his shipping problem and lower his costs. He packaged his drink ideas, drink powder, in envelopes and sold it in the grocery store. His promise was 10 glasses of beverage for 10 cents. This was wildly popular. Now, just as Kool-Aid was gaining popularity, the Depression hit. People became naturally more frugal, and sales started to slump. 
Edwin decided to cut the price of Kool-Aid in half, and he paired that with a clever marketing campaign. You know, Kool-Aid was touted as a budget beverage and attainable luxury. The price continued at a nickel for years. Now, just when they started to recover from the Depression, World War II hit. Again, during World War II, because of sugar rationing, sales started to take a hit. The Perkins Products Company continued to stay busy by producing drink beverage for uh, meal kits, for ration kits for soldiers. They sent these overseas. Some of the ration kits had a packet labeled beverage powder, lemon flavor from Perkins Products Company. Soldiers continued to drink Kool-Aid when they arrived home. Now, the drink was so popular that the Perkins Products Company focused entirely on Kool-Aid. He quickly had international sales of his drink, and in 1953, he sold his company to General Foods. In 1957, Marvin Potts created the Smiling Pitcher mascot, and in 1975, the mascot was given legs and literally burst on the scene in as he broke through a wall in that famous commercial that has been replicated again and again and again and made fun of again and again and again in media and uh, it, it was a real hit and he's been doing that ever since now they've tweaked the character some over the years uh, they've added arms they've uh, you know <laughs> changed the look a little bit but um, largely has stayed the same now, another really cool thing about Kool-Aid is it's actually, it's actually gotten cheaper over time. When they first launched Kool-Aid, uh, the price was $0.10. Cents. Today, you can buy an envelope of Kool-Aid for around $0.25. Cents. And this means, again, that Kool-Aid has gotten cheaper. $0.10 cents in 19, 1927 is uh, equivalent to $1.45 in today's currency. So instead of paying $1.45 for that packet, we actually pay $0.25. Cents. So there you have it. I'm going to end now with some quick facts about Kool-Aid. Uh, <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, yeah, so Kool-Aid. Uh, let's talk about that for a minute. Um, shockingly, there are a lot of do-it-yourself uh life hacks and uses for Kool-Aid outside of just drinking it. I never would have thought I'd see that coming. Um, People actually use it quite successfully as a do-it-yourself hair dye. Uh, Go figure. And in 1998, Kool-Aid, going back to its Nebraska roots, became the official soft drink of Nebraska. Hastings, Nebraska has an annual celebration for Kool-Aid every year. They host Kool-Aid days with a lot of great activities, including the quickest, with a K, quickest Kool-Aid drinking contest. The current record for the contest is 32 ounces of Kool-Aid, and in that was pounded and chugged in 4.47 seconds. So 32 ounces in 4.47 seconds. Uh, try and beat that. If you do beat it, get it on video, send it in. I'd love to see it. Uh, 
finally, the most bizarre use of Kool-Aid, Kool-Aid pickles are a thing, or Kool-Lickles is what they call them. In the South, these are a thing. Of course, it's in the South. Uh, All these crazy fried and sugary and sweet things end up somewhere in the South. So apparently these are easy to make yourself. Cherry is the traditional flavor. However, everyone makes it very clear. You can use whatever flavor strikes your fancy. And uh, just grab your favorite jar of pickles and remove the pickles from the jar. Slice them in half. Add sugar to the brine. Add the Kool-Aid powder into the brine. Stir it all together add the pickles back into the brine and let it sit for a week. And voila, you have coolicles. Uh, I just love saying that word, coolicles, coolicles, coolicles. Anyway, I'm probably going to have to try that and <laughs> report back on what I find. I'm intrigued by it. I'm nervous by it and slightly disgusted by it. But hey, That's what we find here on the Toasty Kettle podcast. So what kid didn't enjoy Kool-Aid growing up? I remember riding my bike to the grocery store in the summer and buying packs of Kool-Aid and relaxing on a hot summer day with that ice cold Kool-Aid. Nothing wrong with that. Well, that's all I have for you today. If you liked what you heard about Kool-Aid and who invented Kool-Aid, make sure you leave a five-star review and share the show with a friend. Until next week.